Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Voice of Adoptees, which brings together diverse and unique voices from around the world to share their stories. If you liked today's episode, remember to give us a like, subscribe, and leave a review. Here's your host, David Shunk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition here at Voice of Adoptees. This evening, we're joined by a, another Russian adoptee, uh, Masha. She is with us tonight, and she'll be sharing her story along with any other information that comes our way. So welcome, Masha, and uh, why don't you tell us about yourself? All right. Well, thank you for inviting me. Um, yeah, so my name is Masha Calloway. I live in Maryland, and I am an elementary school teacher. I um, have lived in Maryland my whole life. I was obviously not born in Maryland, but I was raised in Maryland, so I haven't, haven't known any other place than the state of Maryland, which has been pretty great. Um, I am married and have a cute little dog named Rocky. All righty. Well, elementary school teacher, that's, uh, that's the first that I'm interviewing. So I think those were my best days, elementary school. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, how old were you when you were adopted? Um, so I came into the United States in 1992 and I was actually naturalized in 1993. I recently learned, um, through some paperwork I managed to get via firewall requests. So, um, I've actually technically been, been a U.S. citizen now for 30 years, which is pretty unbelievable. Congratulations. <laughs> but, <laughs> thanks. Um, but yeah, that's been pretty cool. So I was adopted out of St. Petersburg, and I think the story behind that is super cool, which I'm excited to share with you and your listeners. Um, but my Russian, my given Russian name is Maria Yud- Borisovna Yudina. And I was adopted from baby home number 12 in St. Petersburg, which I believe is the Nevsky region, if that's how you pronounce that area. And I was about we don't, two to we don't judge, was, don't worry. <laughs> and I was about two to three years old when I was okay. adopted. Wow, that's that's impressive. Yeah, I was uh, almost two. So um, not a lot of memories, unfortunately, but we all have stories. So that'll be very exciting to hear. Um, so let's start from the beginning. All right. So you were adopted from Russia around two to three, you know, um, growing up, what was your life like in the United States? Um, it was, it was pretty normal, I guess I'd have to say, since I was Americanized really fast. When I came to the States, um, my family told me that I was obviously just speaking Russian like crazy and I didn't know any English, obviously, but then I quickly picked up the English and I pretty much, you know, just gone from there my whole life, obviously. And unfortunately, because of that, I'm very sad to say I have lost my Russian because I had no one to communicate with. So I wasn't able to keep up with it. I know a few words and phrases here and there, but it's not enough to speak fluently or to have a conversation with anybody. So that that's a that's a little bit of a sad moment, but that's okay. Um, but if I can, I would like to actually trace back to how I came into the States. I forgot to mention that. Absolutely. Please do. Um, so I think it's a pretty cool, I think rather unique story. I haven't heard anyone else talk about this. So I'm curious to know if anyone else had this experience, but my, so my adoptive mom, um, and dad, obviously they were from, um, they were living in Maryland, Washington, DC area. And my mom was actually the director of an adoption agency in Washington, DC, which was called New Family Foundation. And that agency actually existed from about 1987 to late 1990s. And it's no longer in existence because both of my adoptive parents have now passed. Um, But she actually was adopting a lot of Russian children among other countries in Europe and other, you know, Korea, Hispanic countries. 
um, for American families. So she saw my picture and she's like, oh, I want that little boy. Like, let's add him to our family. And that's how I came into the family. So it's really cool. It's through my mom's own adoption agency that I came into our family. And she actually ended up adopting two other children as well, but not from Russia. Um, from One was from Korea and one was from um, uh, Honduras. But yeah, so that's how I came into the family, which is pretty cool. So uh, shout out to the listeners if anyone knows or knows that they were adopted from New Family Foundation, which was based again in Washington, D.C. I'd love to connect with you. That'd be so cool. Let me know. That's awesome. I've, I've actually heard that name. So that's, wow, small world. Um, that's impressive. So how much documents did you have when you were adopted from Russia? Did you have a lot, a little? Um, Kind of talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately, part of that entire adoption process uh, was minimal. I believe it was a closed adoption. So I have absolutely no paperwork. I have like one medical record that was translated, thankfully. So that's why I know my Russian name and even my birthday is a little suspect. It says I was born in August, but my mom, I'm pretty sure changed it to February and I'm not really sure why she did that. But there was a lot of like question about getting me out of the orphanage because I Like I said, it came out when I was about two to three years old, but I'm pretty positive they had to fudge my age in order to get me out. So they made me seem a little bit older than I was. And I and I don't know if that's a common practice in Russia or not, but um, that's what they did. So they kind of lied about my age. So there's like a two year window of how old I might actually be, which is crazy to think. And I hate that part because I'm like, really, like how old am I actually? But two years isn't a huge deal, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know why she changed my birth date. Cause according to my one record, I'm actually an August birthday, but my birthday was legally changed to February, which is a six months difference. Um, wow. so yeah, that's the only record I came with. And then I know nothing about my biological family. Like I said, it was a closed adoption. So I'm pretty sure that's why that occurred. Um, which is so frustrating. Like I must say, that's just so frustrating. <laughs> I wish I knew more. You know, yeah, clo- um, but, uh, that, that's the first I've ever heard of uh, someone being adopted from Russia and not having information about their biological family. I, mm-hmm. That's actually a first for me. I mean, usually the process is when they give up a child, they, you know, they forfeit the right and they get a document from the government that's literally they have to sign that says, you know, I am maybe they're under financial duress or something, but cannot support this child. And that's handed over to the orphanage. But that's just crazy. Wow. That's definitely a different story. Um, yeah. Wow. So it's, it's unfortunate. And so, you know, that, that's a very frustrating moment of this entire process for me. But at the same time, then I think, you know what, maybe there's a good reason I don't know anything. And maybe it's for the better that I actually don't know anything. And I can always have a little bit of hope that maybe one day I'll find out more. Like, I would just love to even know names. I would love to have pictures, but I don't even have that. Like, I don't even know if I had any siblings. Like, I truly have no connections to find, which is so heartbreaking. <laughs> wow. Um, well, I mean, you know where you're from, um, mm-hmm. and that one document with medical history on it, um, have you ever thought about maybe trying to contact the hospital maybe and see if you can, I know they're very probably picky about if they're going to give you information or anything. It's kind of a long shot, but I mean, at least you have a document, I guess, but yeah, honestly, I think it would at this point with all the time that has passed, that's another kind of consideration I've thought of is like, who would I be able to find? I actually did discover through a little bit of research I've done over the years that my orphanage has closed. So I don't know that there'd be any remaining connections then, but I thought it would be really cool to hopefully one day meet the caretakers who were there and the people who helped 
you know, help see my adoption go through. Um, but again, you know, my mom was the lawyer, mostly leading this adoption. So I think she probably pulled some strings, so to say, to get certain things done or not have certain things happen. So I bet that was a big kind of behind the scenes point of all of this that I don't, I don't realize and I don't know about. And that's why I have no documentation. But it's sad to hear that the orphanage closed. That's very sad. And it's also really sad to hear that Russia has totally stopped adoptions. I think that's horrible. And I totally disapprove of that decision. So that's really unfortunate. Yeah, that, that's a whole other side to things that I don't agree with either. Um, so if you only have a one document that was your medical um, mm -hmm. information, when you came to the United States, you know, you had to travel on a Soviet passport. You had to have something because that's just how the that's how it worked. You need to have an exit document. You weren't an American citizen yet. So out there, there has to be a passport with your name on it that's issued by the Russian government. So that's whether that was whether that was given to you or not, that's kind of weird. Not gonna lie, if, if like you don't have it, I mean, that's kind of under the table, it sounds like. But mm -hmm. normally, most people would have a you need, a, you need a document to get into the United States, especially passport immigration in America. They're not going to let someone just come in, even a baby. I mean, they need a passport. That's just the travel. It's, it's how the State Department works. You know, it's how it's the fundamentals of, of traveling. So if you ever were to get Russian citizenship and, you know, try to get a passport, that's the first thing the consulate or the embassy is going to ask is say, well, where's your passport? <laughs> right. No, I understand that. And I, like I said, I think a lot of this was done with very you know, probably not following the rules, as, as I mentioned. Um, I, you know, I think that's how a lot of this honestly really was done. Some probably deals were made and things like that. Um, and kind of given the time period. And again, my mom was the one leading all this. So um, I, I did come across in finding my naturalization records, they actually did provide a copy of my Russian passport, which is interesting. So I do not have the physical copy. It's just a photocopy of the copy that they made of the passport. But when you read the passport, it's actually not even in Russian. It is totally Americanized. And my name and everything was changed for like the American, like so that I could be Americanized and get into the country. Right. So, that, that's yes. correct. They, they, they would put your new um, American name on the Rus on the Soviet passport, and that's how you would get into the U.S., correct? Yes, I believe that's what happened. Makes sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so, all right. So moving on with your story, when did you first started thinking about, hey, I'm from another country? When did that occur to you? About how old? And when did you start to get interested? Um... Wasn't too late in life. I would say, I know at one point, I want to say probably before I was 10 years old, I believe I was told that I was adopted by my mom and dad. I don't recall how that feels because that's so long ago now. And I, I'm sure at the time I didn't really honestly understand what that quite meant. And then I just from there, nothing really much happened after that. I just, you know, kept on living my American life and just, you know, assembled into the family and everything. Um, and the only thing that kind of, the only time when my adoption ever got brought up again, as I, as I, as I was growing into, you know, older childhood and a young adolescence was, um, just like people asking me questions about my adoption. I think it, at that age, I didn't feel comfortable talking about it because I probably still didn't really understand it, but I knew I also felt different. So I think it kind of put me off for people to be like, oh, so you're, you know, you're adopted. And then, you know, all the usual questions would come. Um, and that was a bit hard for me to, I think, wrap my head around. But as I got older, I got more comfortable with it. I wasn't as like ashamed to say, yeah, I'm adopted. I'm from Russia. And then when people would ask the usual questions again, 
I was more ready, ready to answer them and, you know, provide the information that I could for them. Yeah, makes sense. I would say, uh, what was the most frustrating part about being adopted? If you could name it right off the top of your head. Yeah, I think, like I said, the most frustrating part is not knowing my family background at all. Um, just not even having names, pictures, knowledge of anybody in my family. That's, I think, truly the most frustrating part. And I sometimes I think I resent that a little bit. But at the same time, I try to, you know, think positively and think, okay, there must be a reason. Maybe it's for the better. Maybe I wouldn't have wanted to know these people. Maybe they weren't great people. Um, I also think, you know, what if my biological parents are now past? What if I were to find that piece of information out? How would that make me feel? I'm not sure I'd be super excited to hear that, obviously. So, you know, maybe it's just, yeah, as they say, some things are left better unsaid and ignorance is bliss, right? I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, That's a great answer. I mean, I would have, you know, also to go off of what you just said, I'd say um, medical history is a big one for me, not knowing I mean, of course, it's always frustrating. You know, I always growing up, you know, you go to your physical exams, your pediatrician when you're a kid. So what's your family history? Oh, wait, sorry. And they feel embarrassed almost to say, oh, I'm sorry I asked. That's a little struggle. But um, anyway, so moving on with uh, your story so far, we know uh, where you're from. We know the little information you have and you're getting older now, you know, Maybe you're in high school now. Are you starting to think more about Russia? Is it, Are you starting to wrap your head around it? You know, are you finally coming to grasp with, you know, the reality is, hey, you know, I am adopted and here you are now, you know, 10 years later down the road, whatever. Looking back on it, when was the moment where you said, you know what, I'm actually really interested. I want to learn more. Um, so I would actually say that moment and more of those type of questions have honestly probably come. I'm in, I'm in my early to mid thirties now. I would say those questions have probably almost come in the only within the last five to 10 years. It didn't, they didn't come much earlier than that. I've only more, more recently, I guess, probably actually since I've joined this group that I've become more interested, more intrigued to want to try to know more, even though I'm sure I'm looking for a needle in a haystack that I'll never find kind of thing. Um, I, I keep wanting to think there's a little bit of hope that one day I'll find something new or learn something something extra, but maybe I'm, you know, just blissfully going on, going along and then knowing that I'm never going to find anything. So it's hard to, it's hard to maintain that balance of hoping that maybe there's something extra out there that I just don't know yet versus no, Masha, like you're never going to find anything more like stop searching. (laughs) Well, you know, you're very optimistic and that's, that's a really good quality to have. And, you know, a lot of people who go into trying to reconnect with their biological family, some expect a lot and unfortunately you just have to realize that may not be the case right right but um that's a very that's very interesting that you're you know that bit of hope that's something that you know a lot of adoptees want to have and your story is already inspirational to me i want to you know talk to you further about that and um after this session i'd love to try to even maybe help you and see what i can dig up and help you out but anyway so uh absolutely so Okay, so we know pretty much about all of that. So here we are now. You're on, you're on sharing your story. Um, where are we at with? Um, I guess you're getting older now. Let's see. Are you into the Russian culture? 
Uh, do you follow the holidays? You know, I know you said you don't know the language, but have you ever wanted to get more into it? You know, uh, may, might be pushing it down the row. I'm sorry, the line or uh, going down a little further in the future. But if you have kids one day, maybe or not, do you want them to know about your past? And do you want to try to have any bit of Russian in their lives? I know it's a lot of questions, but just trying to get your mind thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, so I definitely uh okay how do I say this so I, I still love to eat Russian food definitely love to have always looking for a good Russian restaurant honestly I wish there were more around me where I live but unfortunately there are not um and uh I don't listen to Russian music obviously I can't read Russians I don't read Russian literature books although I do like to read um books by Russian authors so I'm a huge reader I've read Lolita, which is a very interesting novel. I would highly recommend it. Um, I'm, like, I'm very interested in reading Anna Karenina. I've read Sashenka. I've read Ayn Rand. She's my favorite writer. Um, and maybe one day I'll read Leo Tolstoy's award piece, but we'll see if I get there. I know it's a big book. Um, so yeah, just, so I just like to read, I like to read, <laughs> yeah, just a bit. I like to read Russian writers. Uh, I like the Russian food. Um, um, and in terms of, uh, future, like children, so I don't have kids, but, um, I feel very, I, I, I'm very Americanized, right? So in fact, sometimes I don't even feel like I associate really much with the Russian culture, the Russian heritage at all. Like, I feel like the furthest I can extend that is, yeah, I'm from Russia. I was born in Russia, period, right? Like there's not much else to say because I, I do not live in the country, right? Like I have not been back to Russia and we can touch on that in a minute, but you know, I'm, I have very heavily delved into American life and American culture. So sometimes it almost feels a little misleading or a little like deceptive to say I'm Russian because I can't say anything beyond my name and the fact that it, I own a Russian name and I know I was born in that country, right? So that's kind of the extent of that, um, but in order to, um, you know, chances are I'll probably have my own biological children. And I, I, the one thing I would like to do is I would like to give a middle name to a girl, a Russian middle name to a, a future girl. So I think that would be really great to be able to pass on the heritage just a little bit. That's that's awesome. And uh, it's funny you mentioned about traveling back to Russia because that was exactly what I was going to go into next. So do you want to go back? Yes or no. And when would you like to? I know right now is a little complicated to say the least but let's talk about that what are your feelings about returning to Russia for a trip mm -hmm. um sure so I definitely have intentions of intentions of wanting to go back but again I know the fact that I have such little documentation is really limiting me in that respect um, my husband and I were actually going to plan a visit during COVID not the right time but um we found out that that wasn't going to work because of basically all the red tape, because I learned about the whole situation with the dual citizenship. I wasn't aware of that before then. And I can't prove that I'm a Russian citizen, but I also can't prove that I'm not because I never renounced it, et cetera, et cetera. Right. The whole the whole shebang. So unfortunately, that trip got nixed. Um, and so it's looking at this moment, like I probably won't be able to go back because the, uh, the uh, consulate office told me I'm not allowed to travel on an American visa because, you know, with the whole, if I'm stuck on Russian territory, I'll be only viewed as a Russian citizen, but I can't prove that. So that's, that's really frustrating. I, I, again, like, 
I don't know why they have to make it so complicated. I think that's Tr awful. I like, I just want to go back just to visit as an American citizen. Like, that's who I am. Like, why can't I just do it like that? Like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, I know it is the law. And in the past, you have these rare circumstances where adoptees will tell you, oh, I went on a visa. And that's only because you had someone in the consulate or the embassy just overlook this. Because, like you said, it's by law. You were born there. They see it as you know, always born on Russian soil. That's who you are. You need to come in that way and leave that way. Um, but, you know, that must be very difficult knowing that you want to go back. You can't go back. The Russian government won't let you renounce, but they won't help you find your paperwork. I mean, that's that sounds like Russia in a nutshell. I mean, it makes you want to go to the DMV for fun, in my opinion. But <laughs> And that says a lot. But wow. OK, so, you know, I, I'd still not get your hopes totally. Um, withdraw yeah, from the fact frustrating. Of... i just don't have the paperwork to prove anything and I... you know i feel like i'm almost be... i feel like the way it feels to me is like i almost be punished for having been adopted honestly is how that feels interesting wow hmm well i'm sure there's a way where there's a will there's a way right yeah um, <laughs> there has to be something um anyway so that's very fascinating uh so with your adoptive family, how open were they about Russia? I know you said that you weren't even that really interested until, I mean, you told me around 10, uh, you started to kind of think about in the back of your head, you know, oh, I was told I was adopted, but it sounded like you weren't that interested until the last 10 years or so, like you mentioned. Um, did your adoptive family, adoptive parents mainly, ever come out openly and just want to talk to you about Russia? Or was their view, when she's ready, she'll come to us type of situation? Honestly, I don't think much of that was really spoken about. Um, they definitely were not really open about it, but I don't think that was intentional. I think it's just they didn't have, they had the same little amount of information that I had. So they couldn't provide anything. Remember, this is an American family. And again, the only reason I got out of Russia is because my mom was the person, you know, facilitating that adoption. Um, so I'm so grateful for that. Like, I can't even begin to explain how awesome that was. Um, you know, and I, I don't know what my life would be like if I didn't get out of, you know, the orphanage upon her hands. But, um, yeah, no, it wasn't really talked about. I just, you know, continued on as an American citizen. And I guess, I'm, you know, I had a few questions here and there. And they gave me a book about adoption one time. And I read that with them. And they said when I was much older, uh, this is another kind of frustrating thing. My mom had, so my father was the one who picked me up from Russia. And he had videotaped the entire process, but I do not have a copy of that videotape. That is like the one sole like primary resource that I should have in my hands, but I do not. And that is also really frustrating. So I wish I could somehow get my, my hands on that someday, but yeah. So they don't have a is they it don't lost have or is it no i think uh so now my parents have passed so i'm not exactly sure where it is honestly i'm not sure who ended up with it i have some older siblings so one of them i'm hoping has it but unfortunately my mom passed before she was able to actually hand me a copy of the video so i'm like oh goodness well at least you know it's there somewhere so that's good and i'm sure when you find that that'll be something to cherish for sure i mean that's, yeah. that those are precious memories that you definitely don't want to forget right wow okay so you mentioned um, you're married, right? Yes. What does uh, what do they think about you being adopted from Russia? <laughs> do you talk about it? Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, my husband knows my entire experience. Um, obviously, he can't relate in any way, but he's very understanding and he's a great listener. So it's it's fine. It's nice. 
that's good that's good um so wow so this is just fascinating to me you seem very comfortable for someone who has very little knowledge of being kind of from russia and maybe that's just because you're really good with kids elementary school teachers are well known to be very calming and soothing and gentle and you know um how do you think that how do, how do you think your job reflects you being adopted you deal with children all day i mean you think you got inspired by hey i love children because i have a unique background i was from an orphanage and i want to give back to these children make sure they feel loved in my classroom so I hate to break it to you, but unfortunately that had no bearing. Oh, my... I was trying to, oh, that would have been good. <laughs> yeah, no, my, my uh, career choice has had no bearing whatsoever in my adoption. Um, I just kind of fell into teaching, honestly, but the two are completely unrelated. Um, so the only thing I guess my adoption has, I think personally had a slight impact on me was, is uh, my interest in having my own children. I think, um, and it could be very misguided, but I think I've always, you know, I've always been a little bit on the fence and hesitant about having my own personal children. But then when I think about it further, I think I would ultimately regret not having at least one child because I then remember, oh, right, I did not get to know my biological parents and how awful would it be to not be able to pass on my genes that I didn't know and don't know technically, like, how did I get to look the way I am and my personality and all that, you know, if I don't pass out on any of that through a child of my own, I think that would be a really missed opportunity. So um, I think it would be really good to be able to pass that on genetically and to continue the line. So that's, that's one thing I do try to remember is like, no, I can't, if I don't have a child, I'm literally going to continue, like, I'm going to stop that genetic line. And I, and I don't think that's okay to do since I didn't get to know my own parents. Yeah, that's, I, that's yeah, I, I agree. You know, I mean, uh, a lot of uh, in your story is not different, different from a lot of people's perspective on that. You know, a lot of adopted children like to reminisce about, hey, you know, how cool would it be to have my own biological children so I can make that connection that, you know, I lacked many years ago. Yeah, um, exactly. A sense of healing, a sense of identity, um, which leads me to my next little segment. Um, you know, you can share as much or as little as you want. Uh, Looking back on your adoption, do you think it caused any issues in your life, uh, anxiety, identity problems? There's a lot of uh, factors that people study in many years that think people who are from orphanages are disadvantaged or may not be up to par compared to people who are, you know, born in the United States or whatever, whether it's medical, whether it's mental, whether it's whatever. Do you think any of these factors associated themselves into your life growing up? I don't believe so, actually. Um, I think I came pretty well adjusted to the United States and I've been that way ever since. And I don't believe I've had any real constraints or restrictions in how I grew up. You know, again, I was I was raised into a really wonderful family. And I think really the only identity crisis, quote unquote, that I deal with, like everyone is who am I? Where did I come from? Right. But that's literally what adopted adoption means. Right. So beyond that, I, I can't say that there's anything else. I've had no health issues my entire life. Thank the Lord. Um, so that's not been a problem either. And yeah, I just tell the doctors, yeah, I'm adopted. So that's why I don't know anything. Um, but then they get it. They understand. So um, 
that's it. Yeah. I mean, really not much to say on that, honestly. <laughs> well, that's, you're lucky then. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, so, you know, you don't foresee yourself being able to go to Russia, but you do, right? Let's say hypothetically, we get the situation figured out. You're able to travel in a few years once the situation calms down over there. What are some things you want to see? Um, well, like I said, I had intention of seeing my orphanage, um, which again is very upsetting to hear that it closed. Um, so if that were still around, definitely would have visited that location. And then otherwise, I guess just do all the kind of touristy things, right? See the, what is it? The Basil Cathedral, I think it's called. Um, and just check out all the cool Russian restaurants. I don't know. Cause I don't honestly, I don't even know what's there. You know what I mean? Like you hear the major sites, like the palace and the, this church and these gardens and that kind of thing. But otherwise I don't really know what's there. So I wouldn't even know where to begin. Um, I would probably stay in St. Petersburg just because that's where I was from. So it'd either be St. Petersburg or Moscow. Cause those are obviously the biggest um, areas that people go, but yeah, just kind of, kind of do it like, you know, in advance of the trip and not now, not really knowing what, how, how it is there. I don't, I don't know what exactly I would see. Okay. Well, that's a fair answer. There's, there's definitely a lot to see. Russia's the largest country in the world for a reason. There's so much culture and history. You could definitely spend forever and get lost in it. Um, so looking at your adoption in general, would you say overall you are very happy about your adoption? You're happy about the results? Um, and if there's one thing that uh, maybe you don't necessarily, I mean, of course you regret the whole lack of information. That's probably the biggest thing we've determined so far, but looking back on it all overall, it seems pretty successful in your opinion. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Again, very grateful to have, you know, um, been taken out of the orphanage and brought into a great American family. And, you know, I lived a much better life than I probably would have otherwise. And I think most of us can say that who are adopted. So, um, yeah, I just regret not knowing really anything about my biological family and not being able to go back and visit. So those are the two most frustrating and most upsetting moments of all of this. But, right. No, uh, that's that's yeah. understandable. Um, what if you were able to find your relatives one day or if something happened where you could eventually get to know at least one of them. What are some questions that you've been thinking about your entire life that you've always wanted to know that has been inside of you for so long that's probably, you know, would make you frustrated about you want to ask these questions, but, you know, we need to find them first type of uh, scenario. So what would you ask them? Um, so I'll have to admit, I haven't really thought about that. Um, and totally honest, I, I truly haven't even formulated any questions to ask anybody because I've already I think come pretty much to the conclusion that I'm not going to find anybody and um, you know just the idea that I also sometimes think you know would I want to actually find somebody it's again it's been over 30 years like what what benefit is that really going to bring me I mean yes I would be connected with somebody biologically which would be pretty cool I guess right but then at the same time I sometimes think there's so much time that has passed. Like, it's almost like, what's the point in a way? Cause I've moved on. I've, I've, I've formulated this other life. Like, what would we talk about? Like we've been apart for so long. Like, I don't know this person. I can't say I have a relationship with them. They don't have a relationship with me. Yes. We're relationally right. I'm um, together, but 
otherwise, I don't know if that would be worth it. I sometimes wonder. Um, and, and like I said, the only I said I think at this point too, I'm almost a little more inclined to want to find a sibling as opposed to a parent, um, just because I think I'd have more success with that, and it would probably be a better experience. I feel like for some reason I can't tell you why. I just feel that way. Um, but I do sometimes question if it's even you know worth it to even really search and actually try to find someone. I, I'm not always sure. Uh, that's a you know that's a fair fair answer, and I can understand why you feel that way. And after all those years, you probably you know are at the point where you kind of closed that uh, p- section of your life and said, you know what, you came to peace with it. It is what it is, and you're focusing mm-hmm. on yourself. You're focusing on the future. And that's actually very healthy. You know, you're not dwelling on the past. You're not being negative about it. You know, you seem very calm about it is what it is, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to beat myself up over it. So that's very positive. Um, right. You know, I have some made some connections, though, that I would like to talk about, if, if that's OK. Absolutely. Sure. Um, OK. So even though I haven't. Um, met any biological family members, and like I said, I probably won't. Um, I have met, um, you know, a few, I guess, just general people who were of like a similar situation to me, which has been like the closest quote unquote family, I guess I've met. So through the Russian adoptees group, um, one day randomly finally dawned on me to ask, oh, hey, has, is there anyone who was from my orphanage? And I got a response. I was really surprised. So a woman responded. And then lo and behold, she was actually going to be in D.C. to renew her Russian passport. So I contacted her. We ended up chatting and we ended up meeting. So that was really cool. So I met her and then she ended up informing me that she also has an adopted brother from Russia. So they are they are siblings by adoption, not biologically. Um, and so I ended up um, getting in contact with him and he and I have been in contact ever since. So that's been really cool. And we were he and I were actually adopted from the exact same orphanage. So that was super cool. Like all three of us. She was a little bit older. Um, so I think she was adopted a little like a year or two ahead of us. But all three of us are from the same orphanage. So that was super cool. And then the only other person I met, she's not in the group, but um, at the time, uh, one other piece of information I did receive from my mom was she had saved a newspaper article that um, a local, so she uh, was living in Montgomery County, Maryland, um, a local newspaper had done a report on like a Russian reunion of some American families picking up the Russian children and reuniting and, you know, taking these children as their new children. Um, there was a re- newspaper report conducted about that. And I was mentioned in that newspaper report. And I've Again, randomly one day, totally dawned on me like, oh, wait a minute, let me go back and look at that article again. And there were some other female names listed. I was like, oh, let me see if I can find any of these women because they were also adopted out of Russia through my mom's or my mom's agency. Um, And I actually did find two of them. So that was super cool. And I met one of them. She also lives in Maryland, ironically. So she and I met. um, So that was really cool. Um, But yeah, those are the closest connections I've been able to make through the whole adoption experience. Yeah, well, it's really cool. There's, um, you'd be surprised. I think there's like, what's the uh, going number? It's 70,000 now. I think Russian adoptees in the United States, about 10 years when I first started talking about it, <clears throat> there was about 45,000. <clears> wow, excuse me, 50,000 or so. But so there's plenty of us, you know, around. But um, yeah, that's, that's really cool. You're able to find at least people from your orphanage. That's very special. You have that little part you can bond with. You can have. Yes conversations that you know hey you get it maybe your friends won't but they do because they're adopted they get it um have you ever tried 23andme dna 
So I have actually recently did that. Um, unfortunately, that has been very unsuccessful. Um, I have my closest relationship is a second cousin once removed, but he only shares like 1.2% of my DNA. So that's not even close. Um, so I'm not really hoping for much there because I think I would not be surprised if Russia doesn't even allow that DNA testing in their country. So I realized, okay, if I actually have any biological members, they probably can't even take that test. So I, everyone who can take it is in America and chances are you know, if I have true relatives out there, then they're probably possibly not even in the United States. So unfortunately, I think that's also a dead end at this point in time, but you never know, maybe one day. Yeah, well, just always good to keep your options open. That's for sure. Um, wow. So if there's, is there any, besides the lack of information, what is one thing that you would recommend to everyone listening to you and who's going to listen to this podcast about dealing with um, the unknown? Similar, they may be similar to your story. So what is, what's some advice you would give to them? Yeah. Um, so I think my biggest piece of advice based on my experience is kind of what I've been saying all along is about how, you know, just try not to worry about what you can't control or change. And while yes, that can be extremely frustrating. And then some people don't cope with that well, because they want to be in control, and they just have to know things. I'm a little bit like that myself, like I just have to know the why's and, you know, why can't I get this information and keep asking myself that. Um, and sometimes I think, oh, maybe my parents were lying to me, and they actually did have something, but they just didn't give it to me. You know, I just kind of go in through all these little rabbit holes of, you know, all these extra situations that maybe were, but maybe they really weren't. And I'm just trying to second guess myself, or I'm trying to put some truth to, you know, or I'm trying to put a different truth to the real truth. I'm trying to mask the real truth of, no, there really is no information. You're never going to know kind of thing, right? Um, but yeah, I think just trying not to worry about what you can't control and can't change because ultimately it's not going to do you any good. And you just kind of, like you said, have to be at peace with where you are and, and how far you've come and what you've done and just, you know, just kind of accept the fact that, okay, I was adopted that was the best thing that did happen to me. So I can't get hung up on all the little nitty gritty details of this and that and the other. And while yes, it would be wonderful to know this information, it's not going to ruin my life or change it in any real drastic way from what it is already if I don't know these bits of information. Perfect, yeah. Because um, my next question was gonna be, do you hold any grudges? But I think you kind of answered that pretty clearly in that answer, so. Um, I, I try not to. I, I try not to be resentful because that's not fair to my parents because they, right. the they made the ultimate sacrifice to, to take me as well as a few other children. So um, I think I have to try to be a little more nice, a little more nice in that part. And uh, it's unfortunate now that both my parents have passed. I can't, you know, I can't find anything out more from them on their end. But again, yeah, I just I can't hold grudges or resentment. That's not, that's not right. It's not going to help. Right. So I have an interesting question because you are in acad academia, as they say, mm -hmm. you're a shaper of young minds, literally. Um, when you were adopted, did you have any difficulty uh, learning in the United States? A lot of adoptees had, you know, maybe extra reading support. I was put in reading support and language help with English. And um, did you have any struggles with that or did you just mold right in and you're like a potted plant you just grew and became perfect and now you teach English to elementary school kids <laughs> um well I think 
I did have a little bit of struggle. I loved school. So first of all, I loved school, um, you know, and maybe, and, and maybe subconsciously. That's why I became a teacher. Who knows, right? But I think I struggled a little bit only in the sense that I think the whole age factor really t- took effect um, in my schooling because, again, I was adopted at quote unquote, five years old, right? But I was really more like two to three years old. I'm pretty sure I repeated like kindergarten or first grade twice, not a big deal. But then I was, I was never good at math and I'm still not. So I don't know if that's really, you know. You know, you're not the first person to say that. <laughs> Apparently we're all bad at math. <laughs> yeah. It's not really significant, but um, yeah, in that sense, I think my schooling was a bit, it was harder for me to kind of keep up with my classmates. And I think that was simply because of the age difference. And I didn't realize it at the time. And my parents knew, obviously, um, but I didn't really know. So I think that may have been my only impediment academically. But hey, look, I advanced on to college and graduate school and all that. So I did just fine. Yeah, that's yeah, you did. <laughs> no problem there. Um What's one big positive message you'd like to send to anyone listening about adoption? Hmm. Um, I guess just, you know, be, I don't know, love who you are and um, be comfortable with it and don't be afraid to look, even if you know you might not find anything. Um, it's okay to want to look and to want to know. Um, and that, that's, that's part of the whole process, right? Is those questions. It's okay to have those questions, even if you know they're not going to get answered. Um, and then uh, just keep on living your great self life in, in America and, you know, st- try to stick to your heritage as much as you can um, in whatever ways you can. But otherwise, you know, don't dwell on it too much and enjoy enjoy the fact that you're an american citizen definitely it has its perks being an american citizen that's for sure um wow well that was that was incredible that's an incredible story you have uh it's just fascinating to know that you are so comfortable with the lack of information i know some people will spend the rest of their life in a situation like that dwelling on it constantly and you know, beating themselves up over it, but you obviously found the healthier approach and probably why you're teaching kids. So that's a good, you know, if I was a parent and I had a children, if I had a ch- if I had children, you know, I'd feel comfortable having an elementary school teacher like yourself watching over them. Mm-hmm. So no, thank th- you. there is hope out there. Um, but thank you again for sharing your yeah. story. Um, thank you so much. Absolutely. If, is there any last minute thing you'd like to say about anything or are you confident? confident you covered uh, everything you wanted to um no I think I think I'm pretty good um and I'm excited for people to listen to this interview absolutely well it's been a pleasure having you this evening it's fascinating story anytime you're always welcome back and uh do stay in touch and um everyone that's listening and will be listening we thank you for tuning in to another episode at Voice of Adoptees here with Masha this evening You can find us online at our website, voiceofadoptees.com. We're also on other podcast platforms as well. Have a great evening. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Voice of Adoptees. Please take a moment to like, subscribe, and leave a review. See you next time.